Hello everybody and welcome to the Loft Church weekly podcast in Amarillo, Texas. Each week we seek to challenge, encourage, equip, and empower you to become faithful followers of Jesus Christ through gospel-centered worship. Thanks for joining us and we hope that you are blessed by today's message from lead pastor Matt Johnson. All right, let me give you just a little bit of a recap, just real quick. Remember, we're in Genesis 16. Kristen just read it. In 15, there were two major issues that we talked about. One of them was in verse 6. You might remember what that was, that Abram believed God, and that was accredited to him as righteousness. And remember, that's how we are in right standing with God, too. It's not by works. It's by faith. We believe God for what he's done on the cross for us. It's an amazing text, and it has something to do with this week, because we're going to see that Abram didn't get, uh, wasn't credited righteousness because of what he did or who he was, because he makes a big mess of it this week big mess. Then we see that God uh, seals this blood covenant by himself, and it's also a good thing because Abram wouldn't really, well, I'm glad he didn't do it. So uh, we're going to go to 16. Let me get there. Let's read him. It says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had bore him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Let me tell you a quick story. The older I get, I'm losing my hearing a little bit. Not to the point where I can't hear. I just don't hear that great. And I think my listening skills are lacking. Let's just be real. Right? And so at least it gets frustrated with me about it on a regular basis because she didn't think I'm listening to her when I may not have heard her. And several weeks ago, we were in the car, and she said something, and I heard her. I didn't know what she said, though. And so I, I hear her saying something. The words came out of her mouth, and I just kind of sat there. I was just driving, just trying to be a responsible citizen, driving. And, uh, and so uh, it kind of hit me that I needed to respond. I go, hey, what did you say? And she goes, I don't know. I forgot. For like 15 seconds, she didn't forget. <laughs> Come on, right? She's just just max. I wasn't listening. You know, we don't forget in 15 seconds. We turn from one page to the next. We know that some time has passed, but it hasn't been that long. Sarah and Abram, they knew exactly what they're getting into. They knew the promises of God, and they had not forgotten. But yet, they really get themselves in a mess. Sarah is trying to take it in her own hands, being impatient on God and saying, you know what? I, this slave girl will build a family through her. But surely Abram isn't going to participate with this nonsense. Yeah. Next verse, it says, Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan for 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar, and she conceived. Now, I told you a while ago that last chapter, it was credited to Abram as righteousness because he believed God. It wasn't because of the works he did or just because he was a really good guy. Abram was a mess. And you can see it right here. Man, there's this inconsistency, and we're all like this. We have this sin nature, and we have a tendency to default there. Did he forget God's promise? No. Did he no longer believe God? I don't think that's the case either. And so I'm so thankful that God seals covenants and holds up to his promises even when we 
don't hold up to our end of the bargain. So why, why, why did Abraham do this? Why did Abraham uh, go, go along with, with uh, Sarai's plan, sleep with the slave girl, make her his wife? Notice the, the words on that, a wife. It didn't just that he had sex with her and had a child. You see, God intended when you have uh, a sexual relations with somebody, they become your spouse, your wife, your husband. That's how it's supposed to work. And so here you have Sarai that is his wife, but so will Hagar be. Not the same level, but it will be. So why did he participate? Well, I was at a conference uh, several years ago. I think Rick Chaddock was with me. And it was at a Watermark Church. Y'all may have heard of that church. And so afterwards, I was standing out, and I'm talking to uh, one, of their, one of their pastors, and it was the pastor of their young adult ministry. His name is Jonathan Pecluda. I think that's how you say his name. It's really hard to say it. And I'm excited to say the name a little bit because me and my wife are going to lead a young adults study uh, to the birth of the year, and it's going to be by that guy. And so be thinking about that. And so I'm out there talking to him, and I go, hey, Jonathan, what's in your future? What are you gonna, what's God going to lead you to do? And he's like, I don't really know. And I go, hey, just real quick, before I quit talking to you, this is a big mega church. I'm like, hey, before I get talking to you, I want to tell you this. Hey, your pastor has a saying, and it's not a very good one. And tell him, and tell him how he needs to fix it. I did it like real humbly, though, I hope. And I say, hey, he, his pastor would regularly say that we say what we think, but we do what we believe. And it sounds amazing, but it's not true. We say what we think, but is it that we do what we believe? See, I believe that I should eat good. Do I always do it? No. I believe that I probably should go to the gym, but I haven't been there in years. (laughs) Here's a better saying, and I told him this. I said, tell him this is a better way to say it. We say what we think, but we do what we find convenient. That's the truth. You see, what happens is in, when you're going through life and you see a convenient way, or we see something that looks good, tastes good, feels good, we go that direction. And that's exactly what Abram did. He knew he wasn't supposed to do that, but he wanted to. And he had permission from his wife to sin. But that shouldn't matter, should it? Still shouldn't do it. I remember when I was uh, uh, raising our kids when they were little, my mom used to kind of get on me about some certain things, like she thought the boys were going to need to hurt doing something. I don't even know what it was. But I remember at one point she was going, Matt, you need to make sure the boys don't. And I go, hey, mom, I got it. You know, Matt, hey, I got it. (laughs) I said, mom, let me remind you of something. Remember when I was a kid, you let me sleep in the windshield of the car, (laughs) right? If that wasn't bad enough, I was surfboarding on the center console, and you thought this was all I needed, right? And you know why you did that? Because it was legal. Permission. Just because you have permission to do something doesn't make it right. And this was never the right thing to do, and there are consequences for it. Let's continue. It says, when she knew she was pregnant, talking about Hagar, She began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. I got another story. Imagine that. A couple of weeks ago, I was telling you the story about when we were living with my dad, and 
my wife would put her lunch into uh, the, the refrigerator before she would go to bed. Remember, remember the story? My dad was eating her lunch, <laughs> right? She'd get up and he didn't even know. Yeah, it was real funny because after church that day, I asked him, I said, hey, dad, what'd you think of church? He goes, good. I said, what'd you think of the story? He goes, good story. Yeah, good story. <laughs> then he goes, uh, but I don't think I did it. He goes, he goes, I think Lee ate, ate Elisa's lunch. I'm like, what? No, she didn't. And what's funny is on Thursday, we were just chatting about it, and we were telling him what was in the lunch. And when he heard some of the things in the lunch, his face went, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, because he did it. He ate Elisa's lunch. And so I'm telling you that to kind of set you up for the next story. So uh, I get home uh, the other day, and uh, there's a HelloFresh box on the door. Y'all know what that is? It's, it's this company that makes these meals and, and you get them and make, I don't know, but you know what it is. It's a, it's a prep, meal prepping type of company. Well, I get, the, I get home and it's on the door and I'm kind of frustrated about it because at least I got these for a while and let's just be real, she hardly ever made them. She didn't. And so they end up stacking up in the, in the, in the refrigerator and, and so, hey, I'm like, hey, can we cancel this? I mean, and so she canceled the subscription to filling up our fridge that we didn't eat. And so she did that. Well, but we, I get home and guess what's there? A HelloFresh box. And I thought she had already canceled it and so I set it inside the door and I'm frustrated about it, but anyway, she gets home, I go, hey, HelloFresh box is here. She's like, hey, I canceled that. I'm like, well, it's here. Well, she gets on the phone and she calls them and she talks about it and they say, hey, your account is closed. You did not get charged by nothing and they apologized. Well, later on, as uh, I get home, it's the following week and I'm walking up to the door and my, my hands are all full. I've got my briefcase and my Bible and I'm just walking in, just being all holy. And my, my, uh, my neighbor, my neighbor beside me goes, hey, Matt. I'm like, hey, Brian, what's going on, Brian? I'm trying to go in because I got my hands full. And he goes, hey, uh, did y'all get a HelloFresh delivery? I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, a matter of fact, we did. <laughs> he goes, you know, we've been doing HelloFresh for a long time and we've never not gotten it, but we didn't get it the other day. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Hey, uh, Brian, uh, I think we got your HelloFresh delivery. And wow, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We, 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 yeah, we got it. <laughs> and so he told me that they got refunded and stuff. And so my wife gets home and guess what I told her? I said, hey, babe, what comes around goes around. Guess what? You stole Brian's lunch. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> right? Stole his lunch! Right? It was awesome! But the worst part about it then, she goes, it's your fault you brought it into the house. It's like, what? <laughs> She's blaming me! Why do we do that? Did you catch that Sarah's doing that? She's blaming Abram. She's like, man, this is your fault. Now, is it? Yeah. But it was her plan. We have a tendency to blame people for our own actions. I say many times it creates this victim mentality, and it's not a good one. Like something happens to us, and we have nothing to do about it. And most of the time, almost every time, there's something we can do. And we're not victims. Another thing I just want to say about it is many times it's a sign of immaturity when we constantly blame somebody else. You ever been around a little kid and maybe they're, they're on a, a kiddo's on like a video game or something, you walk in the room and all of a sudden they die and they go, it's your fault! You know, it's like, I didn't do nothing. I just walked in the room, right? 
When we don't know what else to do, many times we lash out. I want you to see this, though. There's, remember we talked about the repeating storylines in Genesis? There's one that sounds a lot like the story we're going through today. Adam and Eve, think about this. There was a woman that goes outside of God's plan. There's a passive and complicit husband. And their decision brings massive repercussions to humanity. Can you see that? And this one does. Massive uh, repercussions. Let's go to verse 6. Your slave is in your hands, Abram said. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarah, I mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. Now, did Sarai, did she beat Hagar? I don't know. Did she verbally abuse her? I don't know, but I would think so. Whatever it was, it was harsh. Verse 7 happens, though. It says, The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was a spring that is beside the road to Shur. Now, in Scripture, sometimes we're going to hear about different angels that are talked about. Other times we'll have the phrase, an angel of the Lord. Right here, it doesn't say that. It says, the angel of the Lord. And whenever you see that, many times it's believed that these are theophanies. That is an appearance of God himself right there. Now, we talked about a Christophany the other day. This is a theophany. And I believe that's what's happening right here. I believe that Hagar has an encounter with God himself. I want to make sure in my notes uh, I give you all my information. I don't want you to feel cheated. Uh, it's believed that Hagar was probably headed home, back to Egypt. As rough as it might have been in Egypt, whenever things go bad where we are, we have a tendency to go back where we were, regardless of what it was like, whether it was good or bad. In verse 8, it says, And he said, talking about the Lord, Hagar, slave of Syria, where have you come from and where are you going? Two things here. I think it's amazing that the God that created the heavens and the earth knows our name. You ever think like that? Not that this person is some reputation that, that, that should be envied or anything. This is a slave girl from Egypt. And when God speaks to her, he knows exactly who she is. Now, God will ask her a question. Where would you come from and where are you going? Remember, when God asks questions, is it because he doesn't know? He's like, no. He's like, man, did you come from like Pampa? Where's no. He just asked a question. And I don't think he was talking like, what route did you take? I think he was saying, hey, what is your story? What is it that you're leaving? What is going on in your life that brings you to right here? Where did you come from? And then he says, where are you going? That's a beautiful question. It's a question that sometimes we need to remember ourselves. If we can just look at our life, and I just heard like a, a little sound of Kyle Sharp's voice. I bet you when Kyle Sharp looks at his life, he looks back sometimes and goes, man, this is where God's brought me from. But based on his goodness and love and grace, this is where I'm going. Remember, we don't look back to Waller. When we Waller over and over on the same things, it becomes an idol to us. But we look back sometimes to see how far God has brought us. And remember not to take for granted certain things. Let's continue on. She says, I'm running away from my 
Mistress Sarah, she said. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. On a regular basis, we have this little phrase, the Bible sometimes is prescriptive. That means that we take what's in this and we take a scoop of it and we use it in our life. That's prescriptive. But there's other times that we read the Bible and it's descriptive, meaning that we're not supposed to go do it. We're just learning it. This is one of those situations we see Hagar is mistreated harshly, maybe abused physically, we don't know, and God's saying walk back into that situation. This isn't one of those times that go, see, you need to walk back to your man that keeps beating on you. That's not what this means. It does mean that God has a plan here. And he wants her to go back. And in verse 10, he's going to talk about this great promise for her too. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. Does that sound like a promise that you've heard before? Sounds like Abram's promise. Then the angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. Not the great promise that was for Abram. But it would come to, to fruition for sure. Verse, verse 13, verse 16, and then we'll go into our video. In verse 13, it says, She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. She says, You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well is called Ber Leha Rai. It is still there between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Now, Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. I just want you to know a couple of things about Ishmael before we move on. Ishmael would have 12 sons that would go on to be great rulers. The descendants of Ishmael would become the Arabs. The Arabs are a thorn in the side of the Jews. Ishmael was a patriarch to Islam, and Muhammad claimed to be his descendant. It's interesting how this all works. When we get down further down the line in Genesis, we'll see where the split happens, where Islam sees things a certain way, where as Christians, we see things a certain way. And we'll get to that over the next several weeks. But for our message today, what I want you to do, we're fixing to watch this video, and it's a long video. I want you to see the heart of the, the God that created everything. I want you to see that he is El Ra'i, the God who sees us, and really what that means. And so this uh, video is going to have a little bit to do with this scripture, but then other uh, scriptures in the Bible that shows how God sees his children. And so if y'all want to go and start the video, and when it's done, I'm going to come back out here, and we'll, we'll finish up, and then we'll worship together. I just want to say a few more words before we go into our last song here. 
it's a beautiful song. You can just YouTube that and listen to it. And I don't know if it blesses you, it blesses me. She was young. She was lost, broken, afraid. She was poor. She was pregnant. And God sends an angel. Let me read you a little bit. The angel says, do not be afraid. You found favor with God. And you will conceive and give birth to a son. Those words are not said to Hagar. Those words are said to Mary. And when I was studying this week, it just kind of clicked with me. That God is so gracious that he would come to the one that was holding the seed, the savior of the world. And he would comfort and encourage her in a moment of need. But God is so big and mighty that he would go to an Egyptian slave girl that was holding the seed that would be a wild donkey of a man and to her too. He would say, do not be afraid. And he would encourage her. I don't know if that encourages you, but church, what I think is that we serve El Ra'i, the God who sees us in our brokenness or wherever we're at. Whether we think people see us or not, and what he's doing is waiting for us to just look at him and just say, God, I need you now. And the Bible screams out when we do, that he'll say, I see you right where you are. That's the God we serve. The God that sees us, El Ra'i. Let me pray for us, and we're going to worship. Father God, I thank you for your love and grace. And I thank you that you have eyes that don't discriminate, but you see us all. You saw Mary, you saw Hagar, you saw David in the cave. And God, may we be assured today that you see us too. You see us in our mess, you see us in our victory too. sees us. We love and praise you. Amen. Well, if you enjoyed this message, there's a couple things we'd love you to do. Go to your favorite podcast catcher and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And don't forget, you can follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website, www.theloft.church. Thanks again for joining us on The Loft Church's weekly podcast. Remember, it's not about you and me. It's about a Savior named Jesus. Go make him famous.